0: wants a root beer float to go. And welcome back to the Zero Credits supplemental reading of 2002's Better Luck Tomorrow, directed by Justin Lin. My name, of course, is John. And I'm Henry. And for anyone who's unaware, uh, supplemental reading is where we watch something that we consider to be culturally relevant, and or uh, pertinent to the Fast and Furious cinematic universe. We watch it and discuss it in its entirety. Uh, Things will be spoiled. So if you've listened this far and have not watched 2002's Better Luck Tomorrow, directed by Justin Lin, uh, please go watch it or otherwise proceed with reckless abandon. That's right. We only do supplemental readings of things pertinent or culturally relevant to the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, it's one or one or the other, which oh, of that's not the way shy. you phrased it. That is not yeah. the way you phrased it. Wait, what did I say? You phrased it as though that that they are cultural relevant or per, pertinent to so both of those <laughs> modifying the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, And we, of course, know that that is true. Uh, We watched Bloodshot, (laughs) which I think (laughs) satisfies both of those conditions. Right, right. Everything is in service to the Fast and Furious franchise, especially Endgame. I mean, if we could say that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is what we examined as a, a failed attempt at mimicking the one true cinematic universe, which is, of course, the Fast and Furious Cinematic Universe, but Henry... Oh, John. Henry. John. Given what we've discussed, why are we talking about 2002's Better Luck Tomorrow, directed by Justin Lin? Well, I'll have you know, John, that it is canonized. It has been confirmed 100%. Better Luck Tomorrow is actually the first Fast and Furious movie. Yes, confirmed both by Sun kong and Justin Lin they both consider better luck tomorrow well better luck tomorrow actually came out after the first fast and furious movie in the timeline john in the timeline yes chronologically no not chron what's chronologically but you know with fiction um chronologically <laughs> Chronologically, uh, the first Fast and Furious film, uh, both of them have said that the origin of the character Han Lu or Han Solo uh, originates um, from Better Luck Tomorrow. His name's not Han Solo. It's Han Sol, like South Korea, O-O-H. Really? We're going to get into that. Believe okay, I'm <laughs> That confused. is definitely on the docket for something we're going to talk about. Right. 2020. <laughs> 2002s. <laughs> uh, t- t- 2002s. Yeah, 2002s. Better luck tomorrow directed by Justin Lin. Um an MTV movie. Yes, you really don't see that before a lot of movies now or even back then. Uh it's really So this is one of Justin Lin's. I think it's his second Movie. I'm not going to look up what his first one was. I'm sure it was, it was fine. Uh, but this is Justin Lin's second movie, and it's very, it's both very early 2000s, and boy, is it very early 2000s. Uh, but it's very indie. It's very like extreme close-ups and very heartfelt, and it feels. I don't know. It feels to me like an MTV production because it feels kind of like something that would air on MTV in the early two thousands, right? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of establishing shots, a lot of, a lot of just lingering establishing shots, especially at the beginning, that really cemented the just this feeling overwhelming presence of suburbia and kind of this weird stifling that of maybe living in this, this setting gives you where all of the houses look very similar. And uh, I mean, the first lines of the movie are just how about how hot it is and heat is oppressive. And they're, they're obviously sweating. And it's just kind of like, you get this weird, even though everything looks all right on the outside, you get this weird tension of these characters. And then of course, a phone starts ringing and you don't know where the ringing is coming from until, Oh, it's not either of their beepers. Let me tell you that it's not either of theirs. And then, and then they, they drop to the ground and start listening. And you're like, what is happening in this idyllic, perfect suburbia landscape that we've spent a minute and a half establishing only to find a, a cold and pale hand in the ground. Fade to black. (laughs) Fade to black with the first instance of something that comes up uh, quite a bit in this movie, uh, which is the first person narration, uh, which is once again another uh, both nice indie and also a nice kind of like MTV kind of edgy. I don't know. I, I like some narration, especially over like a late high school drama. Uh, but I think you, you kind of nailed it as far as, like, the heat and general atmosphere of this movie goes. Because this movie feels like you're in a pressure cooker. It really does. Like, especially with the aforementioned just very close-up shots. Like, this movie is kind of claustrophobic in its, in its cinematography. And I think it kind of plays into, like, each characters that we meet talks about getting out or going getting you know going to college basically and so i in a way this weird suburban setting or this weird high school setting and these close shots all establish like this overwhelming need to get away to break free yeah there's this this kind of crushed feeling even during scenes where they're like outside during the party everything is very close everyone's close together you never feel a lot of freedom when you're watching the movie. It just feels like this kind of meandering, frustrated, but very, very high energy environment, which is I think like a perfect reflection of the kids that we see in this movie. Right. And he talked about the first person, not the, well, but just the narration and, and what we basically have here in, in better luck tomorrow is a coming of age story for one Ben, our protagonist, who also serves as our narrator. And I find in, in coming-of-age stories and movies, first-person narration, they kind of just go hand-in-hand hand because we can hear the character's thoughts and what do we all spend a lot of time doing when we're growing up but but thinking our way through things. Yeah, it, it lends itself to to feel that kind of anxious angsty kind of introspection that everyone has when they're a teenager uh that's right you and i we're talking buildings roman oh yeah buildings roman my, my friend buildings roman that's the way i've always heard it pronounced Buildings Roman. building romans building romans of course a a coming of aids now the primary character ben ben manny bag <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce it, so I didn't. I didn't feel like trying. Uh, played by one Perry Shen, who's really good in this movie. But I looked and I couldn't really find him being in anything else that I'd seen. There, there are a number of good characters and actors in this film that I were never seen again. Like uh, the, the the young girl who played Stephanie, uh, my uh, Jamie, my Jamie. Thought she recognized her from something, but we looked it up and turned out, no, we, she didn't recognize her from anything. Uh, of course, the, the big one that most people would recognize at site is one John Cho uh, from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle fame. And also, you know, Star Trek, uh, Right, but a lot of really good performances. Roger fan as, as Derek is great. Uh, However, relatively early into the movie, we are, of course, introduced to a character that I think you and I will probably spend most of this episode talking about. Uh, One Han Lu. Yes, Virgil. (laughs) Sorry. I thought we were going to talk about Virgil the whole time. But no, yeah, Han Lu. Oh, believe me, we, we will definitely talk about Virgil. Han, who shares the same name as the Han... From the Fast and Furious franchise, also played by the same actor. Yes, also played by Sun Kong. Now, the I know that was it before the podcast or during the podcast when we said Han Solo. That just happened. That just happened. Great. Uh, so Han Lu, I believe, in the first. A Fast and Furious movie that Han appears, he is credited as Han Solo. uh, But I believe uh, Justin Lin has gone on the record to say that that is an alias and Han Lu is Han Solo. Okay. See, it's like a funny last, like, it it would seem, it would seem like a cheap, dumb joke to just write that into a movie, But to go back and say, no, it's a cheap, dumb joke that a character came up with, that's just writing, baby. He has a—the character Han Lu has a Wikipedia page, John. Yeah, but he was totally—he was was in there as Han Solo, I swear to God. I'm going to read it, okay? Yes. Han Lu, also known by the alias Han Solo— Bam! —is a fictional character in the Fast and Furious franchise— portrayed by Sun Kang. Is that... Sure, Kang? that's good. Yeah, Sun Kang. The character appears for the first time in the film Better Luck Tomorrow, later appearing in the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and Tokyo is the mentor of Sean Boswell. God damn it. <laughs> Listen. Uh, <laughs> we can't escape Sean Boswell. Never. Never can you. Uh, but we're introduced... So, so this... Oh, this go ahead. I'm sorry. So that absolutely cements it as, as canon. Han Seol, I keep saying Seol. Han Seol. O is definitely real and should be respected. So sorry for shitting on it. Yeah, it's real, but it's a dumb joke made up by a character and not a dumb joke made up by Justin Lin. Uh, So that's important to note. But I, I think that you you really kind of start to see Han in this character, though I think this version of Han is uh, kind of crueler <laughs> than Han that we, we grow. But I, I enjoy seeing this like rough, un- unfettered, kind of young, brash Han. Right. Yeah. He's rough around the edges. He's a bit of a hothead. And honestly, for most of the movie, we couldn't tell if he was like a burnout or if he was still in high school. Yeah, eventually it I, I couldn't believe it because they eventually established oh he's he's a high school student I'm like what what? I feel <laughs> like, like he, he was so old and cool. I yeah, he, he definitely I definitely thought this was like the burnout who who didn't make cut it in college or didn't get to college and so he's hanging around, you know, his 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 hometown running credit card scams of his kid brother, his cousin, his kid cousin and his friend for like a quick buck and then gets drafted into this, this whole criminal organization of running cheat sheets and eventually selling drugs. He definitely felt like a burnout. It was a huge shock to me to find out he was still a high school student, but then maybe he's like, he didn't, he got held back or something like he he feels like arrested development, you know? Yeah. He feels like someone who's, who's kind of stuck in time. And then of course we've, The natural extrapolation of this is that his uh, criminal tendencies from this movie eventually turn into him running an illegal street racing operation in Tokyo. Uh, Now, here's something you might not have known, Henry. There's another character in this movie who we've seen in another movie. A number of movies, actually. What? What? A number of Fast and Furious movies, to be exact. No, what are you saying? There's another Fast and Furious character in this movie? So, Jason Tobin, who plays Virgil, who is in three or four Fast and Furious movies. No way. He absolutely is. He plays a different character, but still a member of Han's ensemble named Earl. Earl? <laughs> Earl. <laughs> no. Yes, he absolutely does play a character named Earl. He's like a tuner. Oh, my gosh. This is insane. Yeah. He's in Tokyo see. Drift. He's in Tokyo his name Drift. Is, his name is Earl. This is yeah. unreal. And he was in F9. He's going to be in F9. He's and gonna hold be... on. What? Wait, what? And on his filmography, it says he's going to be an F9 as Earl. As Earl. Earl. You don't think. I mean, one one of them had an alias. You don't think he grew up and changed his name to Earl from Virgil? I. Henry? This might be too galaxy brain and it might be too early in the episode to talk about this. What if F9 shows that this whole time we've not been talking about the FQ, but the BLTCU. Not the BLTCU. What if What if the next film Well, I guess Fast and Furious technically was first, because since it came out Seven months before better luck tomorrow or something. Uh but still crazy. What if Virgil has been in Fast and Furious this whole time? What if he's the true villain? Yes. I would Okay. Love that. I wasn't Oh my god. I'm on the cast list. This is this is far beyond anything we should be talking about right now. Is it the cast list for F9? I'm on the cast list for F9, John. I don't know that we can talk about this in good conscience. I'm so mad. I'm, I'm so take, mad. I'm just gonna take a quick look. I'm he's the fourth one. Um, he's the fourth one listed in the cast. <laughs> I'm so mad! <laughs> That's very interesting. No, we cannot talk about it, but Jesus very interesting. We can't talk about it. But it sure makes you think. So mad. It sure makes you think. And then there's Jason Tobin as Earl. So mad. (laughs) Listen, so we gotta talk about better luck tomorrow. Better luck tomorrow. The Buildings Ramong, built around Ben, a straight A student trying to get into a good college, very worried about his college apps, who falls into that sweet, sweet American life of crime. Who falls into that sweet, sweet American life of crime and trying to get with an unattainable woman, in this case named Stephanie, who is the girlfriend of a kind of a, a boyfriend who doesn't Okay, so he's kind of controlling and manipulative, but something about him makes him seem like the world's absolute worst boyfriend, and I hate him, even though I have minimal evidence for him being truly awful. But Steve Cho, played by John Cho, is a real shitbag. Oh, no, yeah. Steve's whole thing is that he wants to be... He'll be your boyfriend, but it's not like he's going to do all those boyfriend things. He's not going to go to winter formal with you because why would he? Also, <laughs> John Cho's character Steve is another example of me being completely incredulous that I learned that they were still in high school, and then being relieved to realize that they were still in high school. Right? Yeah, because he seems much older, much more sophisticated, and that he would be also. Creepy. Uh, uh, as I said earlier, request a root beer float to go, which is something I've never even considered existing. I think I missed that line. I don't know what you're referring to. He th- th- He's in a diner, and he, he tells Stephanie to go order him a root beer float pause to go. To go. Okay. That's when she went like, oh, I'll go get your drink, and they share that talk about like, hey, take my girlfriend to winter formal for me or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what his motivations as a character are. Also during the interaction in the diner, uh, this is the first instance of regrettably something that kept happening, which is this having some problematic early two thousands elements that I didn't love. Yeah. Very much. Um, what this and the and the Fast and the Furious have in common is uh, just a very endemic of the time loose use of of uh, a slur that refers to sexual orientation that we don't use anymore. That's right, baby. We're talking the F word, right, and not the fuck word, but the other one. Yeah, the the actual bad one, and this is. We're definitely going to talk about this later, but also his relationship with Stephanie is predicated on this. Like, do you remember in the early two thousands or at least from media in the early two thousands, people were just like obsessed with pornography. Like it, it didn't seem like a, Maybe it was just an easy thing or an edgy thing to write about. But pornography is just kind of like a part of everyone's life now. But in the early 2000s, all people talked about was porn. And like, oh, that girl looks like a girl in a porn. Well, and the thing was before like the early 2000s and like the, the, you know, the advent that was internet pornography, um, you just you couldn't share it. You couldn't really talk about it. it. It was like a Sears magazine or something like that was your inspiration for what your activities, but then for the Cinefonen. Yeah. Okay. But it became like, it's it entered the cultural consciousness unspoken. And I, I feel like so many writers who, who unspokenly grew up with this access to this, this thing uh, wanted to make it more mainstream I guess that's one take that I'm gonna put forth. It's entirely possible. I don't know, it's it just seems like such a gauche thing to talk about now. Is for any movie to be like, what about what she looks like she was in a, a porn? All of this to say, all of this digression to say. That they think that Stephanie looks like she was in a porn they once saw. Which then later in the movie they like find that. Porn, which I I feel like that's high school it's not her. Yeah, it's not her. I feel like that's more of a motivation for Virgil than it is for Ben. I think Ben genuinely like likes the you know the idea of being with her. Um and he just he kind of humors Virgil's you know Virgil's take on it because they're friends and this is what you do as guys and Yeah, you know, you you ever have your, your homies over to watch the newest porn? no never in my life i but i feel like that was a shared experience amongst people in the past because so many people have written about it i definitely have known people when i was a teenager who would like watch pornography in groups of their friends i never did uh, the I don't only one i can it. really think of is a guy who accidentally set his sweater on fire and had to go to the hospital that's pretty um, funny what? yeah he yeah it was pretty funny how he got burned um but th- this was a real I'm, life? Uh, what, what are you talking about? What, what was that story that you just said? Don't worry about it. Uh, this is a real person or a guy in a porn? <laughs> oh, the person who set himself on fire. real guy. Uh, but he would invite people over to like watch porn with him. He was a really uh, gross guy. He was. I'm sorry we he got burned. Children. You made me feel bad. <laughs> no, he got burned. I thought he was fake. <laughs> no, he's real and burned. Um, okay. Well. He was fine. Uh, but what? <laughs> He was fine? Is he yeah. dead? I just don't... I haven't gotten the most updated information on him. Okay, well... So I, I assume I, he's I, dead. Well, I hope you went over to his porn parties because, J- John, that was his way of reaching out. Yeah, I never did. He got burned, John. <laughs> <laughs> I never... He never... I was not made aware of any of the porn greetings after he became burned. I think he was just plotting to destroy our Gotham City afterwards. Right. Okay. Yeah, so they have a weird relationship with Stephanie. and Okay, I don't want to dissect this too much, but like they watch a porn. They do. Where they're like, this person looks a lot like her, but eventually it's revealed that's not her. But that is the actress who played Stephanie pretending to be in a porn. Oh. I know that that actress isn't... Okay. Underage at the time, because try to work around child labor laws when you're trying to make a movie for less than a quarter of a million dollars, it's impossible. Right. But it still made me feel weird. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to make you feel kind of weird, because, like, what if your high school crush ended up being in a porno? Would you even want to see it, or would that be, like, a weird violation of the this you know the person you've built up in your head and i think that's kind of what ben's going through spliced with morbid curiosity and like kind of like a car crash you can't look away kind of thing spliced with this is the first time we saw this character in any way experience sexuality it's so so there's a lot of things going on in that scene where they're watching that porn and Ben's great. I The character of Ben is pretty bulletproof in my estimation. Uh, not morally, but I think that Ben is, is a pretty great character. Yeah, he's uh, a good character. He has shit morals, for sure. That just made me feel weird. And this was during a period in the movie, maybe in its second quarter, or maybe its second, third, uh, where that happened. Then there was the weird porn thing. And then they used the R word a bunch, which quick backtrack they say the r word a lot at a crazy rager held for athle- uh academic decathlon right yeah i mean that along with the f slur is this kind of endemic of a different time but also their high school students and when i was in high school i used that word a lot i think everyone was there with you uh it's just a it's an, it's an artifact now. And then, of course, Han redeems it by drinking half a bottle of Jose Cuervo because Han is a legend. Yeah, I mean, that that was pretty great. Pretty much every moment with Han besides the one part where he's beating his cousin uh, brutally and way too hard was a, pretty much a winner for me. Even that I kind of liked. I like Dark Han. I, I like seeing a Han that has been taken to the edge That beating scene, I mean, they did it. They filmed it the way they did from a distance, you know, kind of unfocused. And then they lingered on it for 30 seconds. And, you know, in a movie, real estate, 30 seconds is like an eternity. And like, I don't know. I think it's supposed to make you kind of cement your idea that maybe – Maybe this Han character is not such a good guy. Otherwise, why would they film it in that way? Yeah, I I appreciate seeing Han as not a a positive. He took his belt off and beat him with his belt. And left the belt. (laughs) Yeah, he he left his, he left like a shirt or something there too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you don't beat someone and leave your clothing there unless you really want to disrespect them. Uh, But I don't know if you've, oh, go ahead. Earl cannot be Virgil, John. Earl is absolutely Virgil. Virgil kills himself in this movie. Okay, hold on. <laughs> if we're jumping to the end, Virgil survives. I'm not jumping to the end. I'm not jumping to the end. I'm just saying he shoots himself in this movie. Oh, he survives. Not, They're in the hospital. He's not with him. quite dead. Oh, he's you, okay. So he lost his memory, and Han nursed him back to health. Under the pseudonym Earl. And taught him everything he knows about okay. tuning Honda VTEC engines. All right. I'm sorry for jumping the gun. I'm just saying, don't come at me expecting me not to have a perfect bulletproof I theory. I missed. I Absolutely. I, I went for the king, and I missed. I get Once it. Once coronavirus is over, I'll, I'll beat you with a belt. And take your... Your weird shirt off to reveal another shirt. Now, Henry, I don't know if uh, if you've ever been a part of a a, a storied tradition of lockout buzzer based academic quiz games, but let me tell you something: I have. Okay, we're, so was the depiction of the Decapitathon? That's not a word. Decapilon? That's not the word either. <laughs> Yeah, decathlon. Uh, the uh, you know the the actual game part where it sucks and is high stress. Yes, the parties also yes. Uh, at, also no. The parties were just sad. Uh, but very interesting that uh, Justin Lin's gotta have like some background in Lockout, but like Quiz Bowl or Decathlon or something, you don't just get that knowledge. You have to be a real fucking nerd to know that. I mean, I feel like this film was written by, like, a few people, and Justin Lin was one of them. Um, so maybe he, he borrowed that from another person? Maybe. Or maybe Justin Lin's a fucking nerd. Who knows? Well, he, here's the thing. Like, so they say, write what you know. And uh, that uh, the pressure around like making your college application look good and being in all these clubs and like having good grades and studying for the SAT, like all of that felt so realistic that like it had to have been drawn from personal experience. So, I, you know, maybe Justin Lin's a nerd and he, he absolutely um, wasn't like a quiz bowl thing. Or maybe it was Ernesto for Foranda, for or maybe Fabian Marquez. All right, we all looked up the writers. I get it. Yeah, we've we've all got it. Uh, I don't know. It's I I almost felt like going into this movie. Uh, I think I had read somewhere that this movie was about like the Asian American, like the middle upper class Asian American experience in Southern California. And yes, that is accurate, but I think this movie is is much more like a knowledgeable and incisive movie about academic overreach. Like it as someone who struggled, struggled, who strived really hard in high school and college to make really good grades, but was also kind of a shitty person, a lot of this hit home. Yeah, I I can see that. I mean as a person who Didn't really struggle for anything in his entire life and had everything handed to him because uh, I'm very smart. Um, I couldn't really relate to this movie because why would you try to do anything in life when it's not handed to you? But I could relate. You know, there are different ways to live your life. There are are right and wrong ways. Hey, we both ended up at the same college. We did. And... The, both both the, the same rough level of uh, of success. I don't know. If I hadn't tried so hard, I might be dead. Or maybe I'd be even better off than I am now. Yeah, I mean, if I had actually tried, I feel like... I oh, you'd be, be dead f- for sure. Yeah, I'd be dead. I will um, but no, that, I, I, uh, Oh, yes? Please, go ahead. I was just going to say. I noticed that my uh, my note from when Han was beating up Virgil just says "A cruel Han's thesis." <laughs> A cruel Thesis? What? A cruel you know the, the theme song to Evangelion. A cruel angels thesis. Oh. Okay. Listen, I get it. I, if I come at the king, you <laughs> <I shouldn't laughs> miss. Uh, I so I read. I I wrote for that scene. Young Han is a hothead. Yeah, it's, it really comes through that he is, uh, the way he plays this character, it's almost like he didn't realize he'd be playing effectively a totally different character in a multi-billion dollar franchise in just a few short years. Uh, but he made some choices with this character that I think actually reflect on the Han we know in really interesting ways. Look, you do the most growth of your life between the ages of like 18 and... Twenty-five. So, like, I feel like Han. Right now, he's on top of the high school world, beating up his cousin every once in a while, and like doing this credit card scam and rolling in money. But like, then of course, Virgil ended up in the hospital, and he probably had to take care of him, and like that, he had to learn real fast how to, how to have empathy and and keep going. But then he could, you know, he had to run away because of the, the thing that happened. At the end of this movie, he had to run. And so he's just always been on a run after that. But now he cares. And I'm guessing Sean Boswell reminded him of Virgil. Yeah, I could see that. Like neither of them could of do anything. Virgil. Well, what does he say? Like a, like a less bad version of Virgil. Like a totally incompetent Virgil. Oh, yeah. They're, they're both completely inept. And that's what... <laughs> that's why he, so he talks good. to Sean Balls he's like Sean could you uh, could you threaten people with a gun for no reason <laughs> <laughs> if I gave you a gun would you would you just threaten any and every person yes okay I'm going to teach you to drift give me the gun back <laughs> can, can you make every bad decision please more, more than the ones you're already making yeah I, I will say that uh, towards like the second The end of the middle of this movie. uh, Things escalate. Very quickly, speaking of guns. Like, I couldn't... I could not believe it when I think Derek pulls a gun on that guy at the party. Derek is the first one. So here's the thing about that. I I wasn't surprised that Derek pulled a gun out. Um, Just because I felt like a weird criminal vibe from Derek the entire time. Like, yeah, he wrote that article in the paper, but then... When he, like, entices Ben with the cheat sheet ring kind of thing, and he gives him those 50 bucks, I'm like, where'd he get those 50 bucks? Like, who's walking around with just a 50 on them? Derek's into some criminal shit. And so when he pulled the gun, I was like, I knew it. I knew Derek was into some criminal shit. He's got a fucking gun. Derek is the most interesting character in this movie, period, because he's uh, vicious calculating also a really good leader (laughs) yeah i mean like i if they went pro with it like if they wanted to do that stuff for life they they're probably in good hands of Derek. but uh it's very interesting that his entire motivation for everything he did was just to be friends with ben Yeah, he he just wants to be, no matter what, even if it's like pulling a gun on some whites at a party or eventually killing a man, uh, Derek just wants to be friends with Ben. He wrote that article in the newspaper to get him off the basketball team so that he wouldn't have, like, friends or recognition so that he could enlist him into his, his cheat sheet ring. Like, everything he did was planned to get Ben. One of my favorite things about this And I don't know if it's in your notes, uh, but after they pull a gun at that guy at the party, uh, everyone at school knows. And Ben, in narration, says, rumors were coming fast and furious. Yeah. Remember when that was an expression we could use? Rumors of this place went fast and furious. Again, cementing this as the first Fast and Furious movie. Because they title dropped the first movie. Yeah, which, as you know, a series cannot begin until someone says the name of the movie. Which is, of course, why at the very end of Iron Man he says and he said, I am "Iron Man." That and way, then that yeah. created a universe, right? Exactly. Yeah, you have to name the universe before it could exist, and they and did. They did so. Yeah, uh, definitely happened in Thor. Uh, I will say during both that party and there is another. There's another scene where Han has to restrain someone. I think it's maybe at like a decathlon party or something. Uh, but both at the party where they pull the gun and this later incident, Han chooses to restrain people by choking them, which is a really interesting. He like puts his hands forcefully around people's necks to keep them from moving, which is not what people do if you want to restrain someone in like a non-threatening or friendly way. Look, Han's into some things. He he doesn't want to talk about it. But he's going to use any opportunity he has to fulfill it. He just... Listen. Young, later Han. I don't know what his philosophy is. I'd love to get into that. Early Han is pure Nietzsche. He lives for Der Wils- Zermacht, The will to power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the biggest guy pretty much in the movie. Like... Height and muscle-wise, like, he is he is more jacked or built, whatever you want to use, than anyone else in the movie. So, like, if he could... It, his way of restraint is just to make them feel his power. Yeah, he, he's a very powerful man, of course. That then brings us to the point in the movie where uh, Ben gives it up, uh, Virgil takes over, and that takes us to the Han what, vicious the beating of Virgil. Yeah, it, it does, but... What a great moment in this quiet slice of life, coming of age, American crime movie. In any in any American crime movie, there's a moment where the protagonist wants out, and then you know that either complicates or or doesn't complicate the movie. But be, be, because Derek's entire motivation has been to befriend Ben and bring him into the fold, when Ben wants out. Derek's like, you know what? I'm also out. Because I want to be Ben's friend. And Ben wants out, so I'm also gone. And then Han's out, because Han's just kind of long for the ride. Right. It, 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 it almost never happens. In fact, it does never happen in crime movies where someone wants out, and then everyone just agrees that that's probably for the best. Yeah, and pro- Honestly... <laughs> All of them getting out was, was probably the smartest thing they could have done because, like, again, like at, at that point, it's like, you know, you want to get into a good college or whatever, and you, you probably sent off your apps already or whatever, but it's kind of like, look, we're, I'm going to be moving anyway, so might as well wind this down before I get into some real trouble, and only someone who doesn't really have a future going forward would want to keep this going anyway, dot, 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 Virgil. Yeah, Virgil and a stupid fucking CD player. <laughs> that was such a sad moment. He, he, they scam that candy bar fundraiser to, uh, to so he could win the CD player. It meant a lot to Virgil that he earned it, that. It did that. That he earned it. Uh, but I hate Virgil. Yeah, he's not the greatest. The, the I mean, Virgil reminds me so much of myself because like he's smart, but he doesn't ever do anything with it. <laughs> he's 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 smart enough to just kind of coast, and for the most part, not get into really serious trouble until later. Yeah, I, I mean he he's he's better at the decathlon than uh, than Ben is just because he 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 doesn't hesitate to buzz in because he like they both know it. But Virgil doesn't have, like, the that moment of hesitation before hitting the buzzer. So he's, like, he comes off as smarter than Ben, even though he's not. Or yeah, maybe he Virgil is. Virgil is pure id. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pure ID. And this... So obviously they quit the gang thing. And then they decide that they really want to double down on decathlon. Which, they were doing academic decathlon... And they were dealing drugs and doing a scammering on the side. So, you know, respect. That's a hard thing to balance. Oh, yeah, yeah. But them pulling off the double life was, was really satisfying to watch because it's like, yeah, they can do it. But there was a toll. You know, Ben got hooked on on, on uppers and Derek, that was his entire life, was, was doing both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, good, good to recognize that you... Being a full-time student and having a part-time job is a reality for a lot of people. Yeah, it's and you know, they just have to make ends meet. This is the classic American story. Then they find like a hooker in Vegas. Hooker, <sighs> sex worker in Vegas. Um, oh, really didn't very, like, I don't know. Really didn't like that. I didn't like that scene at all. It, and it's so unaccustomed to just seeing like full on like nudity in a movie that it was like really really taken aback by it it's like whoa okay the note i wrote was uh man the, the first fast and furious movie is really adult yeah just it listen hans dark the movie's dark and i get the i get the narration that Ben has right after that happens where it's like, man, you know, it's finally happened. I I've been praying that it would happen before I die. And like, yeah, I can relate to that a little, but then like, it all comes crashing down when he realizes that, Oh, somebody went in after me and also did the same thing I did. And now it's less special. Like it, it just, Reality comes and hits him in the face like a truck. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's something that kind of keeps talking to the central, one of the central premises of this movie is, uh, life is more complicated and less satisfying than you really want it to be kind of no matter what you do. Uh, and when that culminates in Virgil, like pulling a gun on her out of nowhere, I'm like, call the cops. Virgil is such a huge liability. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's a huge red flag like yeah get rid of him i really thought through 80 percent of this movie that it was going to be a real like lenny situation they'd be like Vir- virgil's too much of a problem we need to kill him but then i kept coming back to oh virgil is in the opening scenes of this movie so he can't yeah be the one who gets murdered right but i thought maybe the end would be like you never forget the first time you see a dead body and then he just like kills virgil i don't know yeah. I wasn't praying for the death of Virgil, but I was hoping for it. I my my honest uh prediction for the movie was like, Yeah, Ben gets out and then he he has that really good montage of his life getting better or at least back to normalcy. And even spending time with Stephanie and getting closer to her. And my note was like something like, you know, this is, you know, the good times before the shoe drops and Virgil needs to be bailed out and Ben has to be drawn back into the life, you know, because that, that's kind of the American crime story that we, we've seen before, where it's like, yeah, the guy gets out, but then, you know, no one ever can actually leave the life because they care about the people they left behind. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the movie, when Ben is driving away with Stephanie, there's almost like a, you, are you familiar with the ending of the graduate? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I refer yeah. to it almost daily. Uh, when you're looking dissatisfied. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny. Uh, it's just, it comes up very often in media where there's just a lingering shot on two characters kind of like driving away and I'll just turn to my head. Turn to my head? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a possible thing to do. I'll turn my head to, to Jamie, who I'm watching it with, and I'll say, oh is this their the graduate moment so i can feel like a real like film buff and like you know get 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 intellectual points from my wife who will be like oh yes it is very much like the graduate and we we, we nod and we we sip our brandy and and we feel so smug and superior about our our viewing of an episode of the office it's a shame that you have uh... That you have this odious behavior, which is very often incorrect, I can assume. But if you had done that for this movie, you'd be totally spot on because this movie has a has a very obvious Graduate moment. Yeah, where they're they're, well, they're driving off together, but they're not disillusioned by getting what they wanted and realizing that's not what they wanted. Like in the Graduate, uh, it's the reality that it can't last. Because yeah, it, people I, I are going to find out about Steve. And I'm not sure that uh, that Stephanie is aware of that. But for Stephanie, you see her smile, and then it fades, and then Ben's smile fades. And then you realize for both of them, Ben realizes that he he fought so hard for the life he's always wanted, and now he can't have it. Right. And, uh, and I think maybe the the weight of her decisions is then weighing on Stephanie. So it's maybe not... The the beauty of the graduate is they both realize the same thing. I think maybe in this movie they're both realizing different things, but to the same effect that, it, it, you know, the, this this that blissful moment of happiness they just had is already behind them. Like, and yeah, it's <laughs> they, the, it's it's the axiomatic truth of life is you you try so hard and for so long and sometimes your entire life to get something, and once you get it, no matter where you go, there you are once you have it it can't satisfy you anymore and you can't want it anymore and so very apt to be driving away from literally that moment that they shared like it, you know either being driven away in the bus or actively driving away in the car like that moment of happiness is literally in your rear view and you cannot go back to it and because you're you're moving actively forward toward either consequences or toward the the, what will, you know, is soon to be the outspoken realization that now that you have what you want, you don't want it. Yeah. What Once at any point in life, you start to be born forward, unbidden by a choice you can't take back. It's always bittersweet. Right. And, I mean, cause I, I read Stephanie's decision to kiss Ben in this movie as like, she's made up her mind that she's going to leave Steve. And she, she even voiced that similarly earlier in the film. Um, but the fact of the matter is she still hasn't told him and she hasn't talked to him. So there's just this air of uncertainty hanging around that whole relationship. And it's always going to be there until it, the reality sets in that he's gone, gone And then she's going to be like completely distraught because now this person who was in her life, who she was thinking of leaving, but had these feelings for and never got to resolve them is now forever gone. And maybe she's going to, it's not going to be like, she's going to want to rush into another relationship with Ben. So they're going to like, I can see the next part, the next part of their life unfold. And, I, you know, I went into this this episode that we were the supplemental reading with the question, like, why would you leave it open ended like that? But now that I'm talking it through, it's because it's obvious what's going to happen. And so we don't need to see it. Yeah, it's like a, a very famous movie that I can't name because this is a spoiler, but it ends on a on a black screen while a character is doing something because, you know, that they died uh, and, and, uh, on the Sopranos nailed it. Uh, but a, a common complaint about that movie is the ending is so open-ended. I'm like, they told you if this character did this thing again, he would die of a heart attack. And he did it, and it cut to black. So you crank. should know what happened. Uh, what? Crank. You're talking about Crank, the Jason Nailed. Statham movie. Crank 2, boner movie. Uh, <laughs> but... No, I don't know what you're talking about. But I'll it's gotta it be... To it's Crank. Yeah, it's Crank. Jason um, Statham has a a, a condition... Where his heart will explode. I don't remember the movie. I don't think we need to... I don't think we need to litigate the message. The, crime, message the movie. Are... I'm not going to remember later. Message it me, me now. Okay, fine. I'll talk about... If you about, haven't seen this movie, spoilers. Oh, I didn't see it. Okay, um, so I'll talk about how uh, very, very smart storytelling, visual storytelling, um, during the middle of Ben's crime life he's got this routine he, he upholds uh, or he tried to uphold uh, it, it starts with the 215 three, free throws for basketball uh, and then moves to feeding his fish while learning a new word for the sat and we see this uh, three or four times throughout the movie it's very good that this routine that he keeps but during in the middle of his his crime life he goes to feed his fish and the fish are dead because he hasn't done that in weeks. It's I think that that is. So one thing that this movie keeps reinforcing to me is that uh, Justin Lin is actually really good at making movies. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it, it, his visual storytelling is like off the charts in this movie. The, the way that they tell the story of Ben's academic life and by extension, his life is they do the word a day thing. And the first time you see him doing, he's brushing his teeth. He's studying, he's attending to his needs. He's going to sleep. He's turning the light off. I imagine to go to sleep at a reasonable hour. And then every other time he does it, he's a little bit more distracted and a little bit more time has passed. And he's a little bit more unsure of himself because his life is disappearing. And there's nothing he can do about it. And then the fish die. And I think actually most genius of all the last one in the movie, because these are interspersed with a shot of the text of the word with the definition from the dictionary, like he'll say the word and then at the end cuts to black word from the dictionary. Uh, the last one of those, he doesn't say it at all. And then it cuts to a word from the dictionary because it shows right. that his his life has progressed past the point of him even having that practice. Uh, but these like words have not stopped having power over his life. And uh, I mean, this gets into like art house or yeah, kind of like an art house territory where uh, probably too on the nose or too, you know, you know, if you ran this by somebody before filming it, they might say dial it back or whatever. But uh, the words are absolutely relevant to what's going on in the film. Yeah, the the first time I saw that, I was like, well, that's a little cute. But then for the movie being like a sub quarter of a million dollar movie made uh, by a bunch of like, I'll forgive it. It was totally fine. I enjoyed it. Sometimes those words like give gave me a little tiny bit of a chill. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you can you can do this once in your career. You can do this and absolutely do it here. Because it's thematic and it, it has context. But it's just kind of like you're you're not telling the audience how to feel, but you're telling the audience, you're giving them a peek at like what's happening next mm-hmm. in a way that's kind of like this is more from a writer's perspective than it is from a universe perspective. Yeah, it's not like he could direct fast five and then someone would say something and would cut to a definition of the word fast. Like, right. you can't, oh, could you can't you imagine if, if he Could you imagine if he had saved this move for Fast Five and not used it in Better Luck tomorrow? What if, hold on, what if the opening of, of F9 is a somewhat older person's voice just saying things? And that cuts <laughs> to a word from the dictionary, like, fast or fierce? And that cuts to, older Ben mannybag oh, is now no. a character in F9. Oh, he's he's the the main narrator. Yeah, He's the villain. (laughs) He's the villain and the narrator. Oh. Uh, Which is crazy, because here's what we did with this movie, Henry. We talked about, almost in sequential order, everything up to the point that explains what happens at the beginning of the movie, where they find a dead body. We jumped over it completely and then talked about the very ending. Well... (laughs) the movie the 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 thing that happens it's so not important yeah steve's death actually doesn't mean much it it has no like in the visual medium of the film that we watched it is it is of such little importance that like, we don't even see the consequences of it. They just hang over the characters' heads like a sort of Damocles. And, and we can extrapolate into the future what it's going to mean. But unlike the two things we learn from Steve's death are one, Ben had a lot more anger in him than he thought. Anger and resentment, which is cool for the development of Ben's character in the in the very much latter quarter of the film. And we also learn that Derek remains an incredible leader, not afraid to get his hands dirty, leads by example, was not responsible for the whole Steve thing, but still soaked a rag in gasoline and then stuffed it in his mouth until he died. And you know why he did that, right? Because he wants, he loves Ben. Yeah, his in every his every action is to be Ben's to be useful to Ben. So like he saw Ben like <laughs> wail on him with a baseball bat, wail on Steve with a baseball bat, and then Steve starts moving again. It's like you know whatever condition Steve's in, it doesn't matter. Like he's probably too far gone as it is. But, like, he, he totally takes control of that situation, and the entire time he looks at Ben and reassures him, saying, it's going to be okay. Like, yeah, he, like, checks on Ben. He's like, you okay, Ben? Vibe check while this guy dies. Uh, you doing all right? Yeah, you, I just want to make sure you're okay while I asphyxiate this guy with a gasoline-soaked rag. It's kind of like friendship to a degree that it becomes... Not toxic, but uh, poisonous, or, or or something like that. It becomes harmful. Like your friends are so loyal to you that they'll even validate your mistakes by completing the murder that you botched. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I I guess I didn't read into the movie that much about a parable about the levels of friendship, but like Derek is very much a character that is like the. The the unnerving adoration of your friends, the acceptance in light of your mistakes that is unnerving to you about friends. Uh, and maybe that's I what mean, the lyric stands for. The thing in the movie is that Ben doesn't really have any true friends. Ben I mean, has Hans just hanging around, Virgil's got nobody else. Yeah, Hans is hanging around. They've like he and Virgil have been together since childhood, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're friends anymore. It's kind of like out of familiarity. And then Derek just wants to be his friend so badly that he does all these things. He overcompensates, but he misses completely who Ben is like no one made besides maybe Stephanie toward the end really knows or gets Ben. Yeah, and then as a result of the relationships, by the end of the movie, Ben is no longer even himself. No. Yeah, absolutely. It's – and that – I mean it just reads into just – the whole thing about Ben is like he wants to be accepted by a college. So he's got to put forth this, this ideal student. And that's who society sees him as, and that gives him the alibi to pull off these crimes. So like the like the fact of the matter is nobody knows Ben, and the real truth is Ben doesn't even know himself. Yeah, I mean the, the thing that this movie keeps going back to is Ben wants to serve two masters, and he does that to such a degree that he sells himself. Like, originally, he's selling himself to academia, but the way that he blows off steam from doing that eventually ends up in him essentially annihilating his identity. And maybe that's why he lashes out at Steve because of that conversation they had at the batting cages where Steve tells him, you know, once you have everything in life, it's boring. I I feel like in a lot of ways, Steve is supposed to be like a future state. Like, obviously, Steve is very cool and well-connected in a way that Ben wants to be. Because when Ben talks about doing an internship, Steve, even though they're like generational cohorts, probably the same age, says he'll call some people. Yeah. So Steve is like the cool, douchebag, smart criminal (laughs) that Ben wants to be. Yeah, Steve has been actualized, you know. Everything Ben has worked toward, Steve already has, including Stephanie, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're foils to that much of a degree. And then how would you react to somebody telling you, you know, all of those things you're working for, they don't make you happy. Yeah, those things you're working for that I already have. Uh, let me let me tell you already, they're not worth it. The things you've spent your entire life trying to get, not worth it. Right. And also the fact that he has Stephanie and doesn't appreciate her. He might be two-timing her. You know, if that, that blonde girl or whatever, like all of these other things. We never even got confirmation that that was actually happening. Kind of. But then... It, it is sort of revealed later, but like all of that, I think leads to Ben just like snapping. Yeah. And, and in destroying the actualized version of himself, he himself is destroyed, but it, it's interesting. Cause I, I think that Steve is a really good character and Steve has to die. But like, yeah. we've been, we had been living in the reality that the police could arrest Ben at any moment for most of the movie for over half of the movie. After you, the gun is pulled at that party, you're like, oh, uh, Ben is like past the point of no return. If the police find him, it's pretty much over for him. Right. And I mean, and that, that also was, was a thing that I thought was going to come up because, you know, we've all done stupid things when we're kids. But yeah, the thing we all is guns at some white dudes at a party. Well, <laughs> less serious than that, but like still maybe somebody should talk to us about what we did. And uh, in my case, I always thought I got away with it and then it was revealed later to me that no and now they've tracked me down and now here comes the consequence. And so you're never actually really in the clear. So I kept thinking that maybe something was going to come of that just way later than they thought. But it never actually did. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's interesting this this movie. I went into. I mean, I this movie has a pretty high, a pretty decent reputation, so I didn't imagine it was going to be trash. Uh, but I didn't imagine it would be this good, especially maybe it's like a second directorial effort. But hey, Justin Lin's pretty good at making movies. Yeah, I mean, this was his second film he ever did. Um, And it's a movie that, honestly, is kind of even – it's lucky to have been made. Um, And and maybe it's a product of its time, maybe – and, of course, MTV backing it. But, like, from what I've heard of of Hollywood Today trying to sell a a film – With unknowns, they're all Asian American or just Asian. I don't, you know, not even the American part, but like a a majority Asian cast. Even for like that low of a budget, trying to get that made today seems impossible. No studio is going to take the risk. They want you know names, and they want white actors who put butts in seats. So like it, it's kind of like an a miracle of perfect timing that this, this movie even exists. I mean, the, there's two things to that. Number one, Asians in general have really piss poor representation in films, and they still have like a pretty bad ghettoized or even racist uh, portrayal in films in the modern day, where we've gotten over that uh, for for most other races, but for some reason we think it's okay with Asians. Uh they've had a a really poor track record for being represented by non-Asian writers and directors, and it sucks, and non-Asian casting directors. Uh the second thing that I would say is this movie, for two reasons, is the reason why Han Lu slash Han Solo exists. Are you uh titillated by the second reason? Uh, well, I, I'd like to hear them in chronological order. Well, the second chronological one <laughs> is they admitted the Han characters the same between two movies. Hence, Birth of Han, both movies. That's why Han exists. We both knew that. However, the first reason why this movie is responsible for Han existing is Justin Lin, when he was brought on to direct Fast 3, Tokyo Drift. Tokyo, uh, so Tokyo Drift uh originally the character was supposed to be named phoenix and not be asian however oh. justin Lin petitioned the studio to have a strong asian american asian presence it's a weird to talk about this but yeah. he petitioned the studio to be like i want a primary character in this fast and the furious movie to be asian i want this movie set in tokyo to not yeah. have a, a white guy. Absolutely. <laughs> be the guy who teaches the guy how to drift. And Absolutely. He <laughs> said no. Oh uh, my gosh. What he did was he showed them better luck tomorrow and said, I worked with this guy named Sung Kong who'd be really good. Watch this movie and get back to me. They watched it, agreed. And that's why Han exists. That is amazing. I had no idea. And. As stupid as it is to say, good on those execs for actually watching that movie and and, and, and seeing how good Han or, or Sung-Kung uh, is. Imagine if we were talking now about the, the path of the character Phoenix through the Fakiu. Oh, honestly, I don't... It, without Han and, and Tokyo Drift, I don't feel like we would ever talk about Tokyo Drift again. Like, Yeah, he was the only good part. Honestly, yes. And, and like the fact is you've got... That so the principal cast of that film minus Han is Sean Boswell, who is from the American South. Little Bow Wow or L- Little Bow Wow also also from, from the American South. And then is um, he? I I don't I don't know where he's from. I don't know, but also uh, the the um the girl was like a was Hispanic or something. She wasn't. Like, so you, the the principal cast already is not Asian for a movie set in Tokyo. They were perfectly okay with the only Asian character being a villain. Yeah. Being the bad guys, like, come on. Super props to Justin Lin for putting his foot down and, and standing his ground on that because the result not only is, is further representation, which is, is warranted in a movie set in Tokyo. Uh, but but also we got the great character of Han out of it. I mean, something that we see time and time again in the Fast and Furious movies is people. The best things in the Fast and Furious movie for the movies for the most part happen when people stand the fuck up for themselves. Like when uh, Gina Carano and Michelle Rodriguez rewrote their own fight scene and recorded all their own stunts for Fast Six, I think. Fast. Right. Nope. Yeah. Fast six, One of them. One of them. Um, yeah. Or they rewrote it from being a, a like a slap fight to being an yeah. actual fight. Chris Morgan wrote it as cat fight on steroids and didn't actually do choreo or wrote the fight whatsoever so they did their own thing. Yeah. Uh, but people standing up for things that they really believe in uh, other than The Rock and Vin Diesel standing up for bigger and bigger paychecks typically means good things for these movies. Right. Yeah. Um... We can't get into it, but I did see a headline that apparently, The Rock wants a bigger paycheck than Vin Diesel has had in the entirety of the franchise for Hobbs and Shaw Two, which I don't even know. I don't even doesn't even need to exist. I don't know. Here's a here's a genuine statement that doesn't need to be carried much further than this. You can just write Hobbs out of the Fast and Furious movies, and I'd be fine with that. I don't get a lot from that character. He he served his purpose. Um, He he was the, the antagonist turned begrudging ally in Fast Five, and that's really all we needed him for. In Fast Six, I think, when he shot that helicopter down with the minigun that he took out of the helicopter, right. I'm like, cool, we don't need this character anymore. He's kind yeah. of done all he can do. And I uh, don't get a lot out of this wise Alec one-note cop guy. I mean, the thing about Hobbs is that... Relegate him just to Hobbs and Shaw. Like, to cordon them off there. Because Dominic Toretto was the hero of the Fast and Furious franchise. Without with question, Dominic we, <laughs> Toretto has been through so... Much he has been through a a genuinely heart wrenching emotional arc through these movies. And for someone like The Rock to come in and demand more money when he's been through significantly less and plays a character who's infinitely less potent or important, come on. I know we're talking about better luck tomorrow, but that makes me so mad because Rob's as a character sucks. He's he's really great in Fast Five, where all of his lines are written for Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he's great in Fast Five. But here's two things. The only the only two things about the character of Hobbs. He's a strong cop. And that lasted him for three or four movies. And then we had to add something else like, well, he's got family in Hawaii. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. A fast Six does a weird thing with a shoehorn, like he's got a daughter into the film. I'm just saying, there's so many more muscular people in the world who need paychecks. Stop paying The Rock so much. The, yeah, The Rock is the most paid actor ever, year to year. He doesn't need more for Fast and Furious. Like he, he, there are he's, people he, with more he, muscles and more charisma than The Rock, I'm he, sure. He's auxiliary to the Fast and Furious franchise. And if he doesn't realize that, cut him. Yeah, absolutely. They cut did well loose. before him. They can do well without him. Just two more movies. Look, if, if we're learning anything from watching Better Luck Tomorrow, it's that Fast and Furious is best. When it's an insane extrapolation of a small-scale, weirdly human slice of criminal life drama. Exactly. Wait. John. Oh. Better Luck Tomorrow. I knew this would come. Is a Fast and Furious movie. So there's a few things we have to talk about. There's a few things we have to talk about. First of all... Where does it fit in the ranking? (laughs) Uh, uh, Hold on. There's one thing we need to talk about before that. Okay. Oh, I should have. I should have. I should have. This was coming. I should have known. I should have prepared. I actually need to bring something up. What's up, That we have not used for one of these movies in quite some time because we thought we were in the clear. Problematic? Problematic. Oh... Yeah, so we thing. have to figure out which letter of problematic is capitalized. I think the scale was, we have to figure out which letter of the word problematic is capitalized. And that's how problematic, like a capital P problematic is as problematic as it could be. You get it. Yeah, I get it. It's of its time, John. I know there's R-word and F-slur, and there's the other category we need to talk about. It's probably a capital P problematic. I was going to in terms of all movies, it's not. Yeah. All, it, it's not capital P problematic in terms of all movies. But in terms of Fast and Furious movies, this has got to be capital P problematic. Yeah, I I mean... Probably so. (laughs) Problematically so. Problematically so. Man, I... For as much as I enjoyed this movie, I I don't like to to put it that high on the list. But uh, do you agree? yeah I mean, it's just from today's standards, looking back, this is this movie has a lot of moments that are very adolescent and so could be written off. But to write it off is to keep those those same sort of attitudes and and behaviors going, which we don't want to do, you know. So it, it we have to hold it to the standards of today and, and point out its problematic moments. To make sure that they aren't perpetuated. Yeah, we can admit something is a product of its time, but that will not stop us from indicting its language. Absolutely. Will not, nor should not. Or will not and should not. Right? That's what I meant to say. One of those two, you kind of confuse me by doing them back to back. I'm very easy to confuse. Okay, so now that we've gotten it out of the way, how problematic it is depiction of women. <laughs> depiction of women. I'm pretty. I'm giving it a five out of ten. Yeah, five out of ten. It's always. It's. It, I always feel weird about women being depicted as in stories about young men. Young women are always depicted as as like something. Like a goal to achieve or something like that. You want that relationship. You want to date them. You want them to be yours or whatever. And, and that's a very young way of seeing the the opposite sex. But it's something we absolutely probably all went through at one time. And then we matured and, and grew to, to learn to treat them as people and, and like as friends but, like, there is, like, a weird time, and as teenagers where it, it becomes this weird kind of obsessive pedestal raising thing. And, and this movie depicts that kind of well, but also shows the the part where they could also be friends, kind of. It, it goes back and forth. So 5 out of 10, I think, nails it. Yeah, I, I'd say middle of the road. I thought it was better, and then I read, like, the porn thing and the objectification and... Five out of ten. I mean the sex uh, certainly worker part was been good. fast and furious movies that have scored less. Right. To its credit, there were no uh no um you know race race scene scene. No race butts. No race butts in this movie. Maybe next time. Better luck tomorrow too. <laughs> no. Oh, Ooh. this is this is sad, but I'm trying to find my my finalized ranking. Oh, I think I think I, I can't found, find mine. Honestly, I, th- I think I found my master document. I think I'm gonna have to wing it again. I think you okay? Yeah, I found my master document, so I have to put better luck tomorrow somewhere on this list. And it was good. I don't know where to put it. Okay, I. I think I'm gonna go first. Okay, and uh, as you know, I've had a long time, maybe over a year, to workshop a name for my list of the Fast and Furious rankings. Right. Uh you know, it's been it's been quite some time since the last time we did this minus any atemporal events. So you've had a long time to come up with a really stellar name, a name that's really going to blow us all away. So and your names, you know, in the past, I'm not going to pull any punches with you John because you're my friend. They've sucked. Okay. Really so you really, well, really got to pull this one up. I'm just I, I want what's best for you, and I'm I'm just going to be blunt, and I was, and I'm not going to harp on it. I'm not going to repeat what I said, but you really got to pull it up if you're if you're gonna if you come on. Now's your chance. This is your time. This is your moment. Do me proud. Okay, so I took some notes from the last time you made a list a few years ago, a year and a half or so ago, more than that. Uh, but I took some notes. Um, and I think I'm going to come at this with the same energy. So this is John's fat. (laughs) List. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, okay. Unfortunate that apparently you had a coffee fit right before it, but we only do one take here. So, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I had a lot more planned, but, uh. The law is we only have one take. Now, do we? We rank these from worst to best, right? No, from best to worst for some reason. Uh, uh, Unbelievable! I don't know why (laughs) we do that. Totally unbelievable. You'd think the one that you would want to have the most like pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No, we we do that. I don't know. We always start with number one. (laughs) Oh my god! Why do we do that? Have we never audited why this is a ridiculous choice to make creatively? <laughs> I th- feel like I feel like it's to preserve one aspect of my list that has been perpetuated through all of this. But um... okay, so we'll start with <laughs> best. Okay, okay. <laughs> these ones are pretty. I think these ones are pretty easy, right? Uh, and I'm just winging it. It's been a while since I've seen these movies, so if my list is wrong, listeners, please correct me and. Uh, you know, let me know. Interact. I love you. Uh best fast and furious movie is of course Fast Five. No doubt about it. The movie's so nice, we went through the time stream and watched it twice. I forgot. We have memory of that? We do, we do, we do have memory of that. Yeah, that we did that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Memories were not wiped. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, so number one, fast five. Number two, it's got to be too fast, too furious. Okay, okay, because it's number two. I get it. Uh, yeah, it's also the best uh, next to Fast Five. All right. Um, after that, I think it's gonna be Fast and Furious. Okay. The original. Oh, the Fast and the Furious. Yes, the Fast and the Furious. Fast and but, Furious, I believe, was the fourth one. Yeah, be, be clear about this. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The Fast and the Furious is number three. Okay. Uh, number four, I'm going to go Los Bandoleros. All right. Uh, I'm going to miss a few. Number five, Tokyo Drift. Okay. No, this isn't right. I'm just going to go with it. Five is to- Tokyo Drift was not great. <laughs> Tokyo drift was not great. Doing this um, on the fly is, it seems to be giving you some some trouble. I'll adjust. Uh number 5 I said was Tokyo drift. Yes. 6 is going to be <laughs> Hold on. Oh god. This is really hard. Uh, Number six is going to be. You have so many options. I do. Don't forget, you also you need to put better luck tomorrow somewhere too. Oh, number six is better luck tomorrow. Um, Okay. (laughs) I really did not. uh, Are you Are you taking notes? Should I have been? Yes, please. Uh, Do you want to... Okay. Could you do me a favor and Start over. (laughs) Start over. Uh, Number one is Fast Five, obviously. Okay. Number two is Too Fast, Too Furious. Number three is The Fast and The Furious. Okay. Uh, Four. Four... Got to be Los Bandoleros. You said that. That That's correct. Number four, Los Bandoleros, right? Number five has got to be... Oh, you you already said this one. Which one was it? I think... You said Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Number six... I said Better Luck Tomorrow, but I don't think that's actually right. Okay. Uh, Number six is going to be... God, I feel like I did not like... Do I like Fast and Furious? There's 13, so this would still be above half. Above 50%. Yeah. If that helps. Okay, I'm going to say number six is Fate of the Furious. Okay. (laughs) Ah, this is a fucked list. I'm going to have to fix this next time. Uh, Fate of the Furious and then Better Luck Tomorrow. Right at seven. Yeah, I'm going to say Fast and Furious. Right? Yeah, the the fourth one. Number eight is going to be Furious 7. Okay. Oh, Man. fuck, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah. The Hobbs and Shaw is next. <laughs> <laughs> As I okay. remember them. Hobbs and Shaw is... I lost the numbers, but yeah. Uh, what have I got? Like four or five left. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have three left. I have three left. Yeah, one of well, them is the okay Furious Six. Wait, it's actually called Fast Six, but I'll let it slide. Fast Six, Fast Six. Have I said Furious Seven yet? You t- you literally did right before Hobson's show. Okay. <laughs> Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You've got two more, so you're missing one. Oh what am I missing? Here's the thing. I've this I might be cheating. There's actually twelve movies, but we used to split the last five minutes of Fast Seven into a different oh. entry. Okay, revise the list. Dictate okay. it back to me. All right, number one, fast five. Number two, too fast, too furious. Number three, the fast and the furious. After that one, put the last five minutes. Last five minutes. Shift to the other ones down, and then put the preceding 115 minutes or whatever. <laughs> they're they're right in before an, the bottom. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're where they need to be. Okay. And then, of course, the turbocharged prelude to Too Fast, Too Furious. Right. All right. I have that locked in. I just want you to send that to me because I want to see how close I was because I don't think I was close at all. Okay, I'll send it to you. Top five, relatively certain, but we'll see. Uh, don't don't judge me based on my my abbreviations for these. I was going pretty quick. That's fine. All right. And so now... Uh, Let me do one. Actually, I'm okay with the list I have. All right. Um, It's now time, John, for my, or should I say, Henry's airtight, very out of sight rankings of the Fast and Furious franchise cinematic universe movies list. 2020, and if this title sucks, it's endemic of the year and not the person who made it. Ah, burr, burr, burr. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for that. Good title. <laughs> Number one, absolutely without a doubt, is Fast Five. If you haven't seen Fast Five at this point and you've listened to this podcast for this long, I I don't know what to say to you. I really don't know what to say. Watch Fast Five. Number two for me always will be the Fast and the Furious because you have to crawl before you can walk. And so I always pay homage to where we came from because now I see where we've been. Uh, Number three for me and always will be is the last five minutes of Fast Seven because R.I.P. This is going to be a surpriser, John. Number four is Better Luck Tomorrow. Get the fuck out of town. That's crazy. It's, it's a really good, well-put-together film that I feel like absolutely belongs on the better half of this list, more so than the worst half of this list. And, and so I put it here at number four because, honestly, I feel like it outshines a lot of, of the more middling or, or just so-so entries in the fuck you. Now, where was online number six? You had it at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I seriously, you had it at eight. Wow, it's almost like I made that list up completely. Uh, yeah. I agree. It should be in the. It should be on the top fifty percent. Don't know what I was thinking. All right. Now, the rest of the list, I might disagree with. Uh, the rest of my list, I might disagree with. Um, I really just inserted better luck into uh, a list that was pre-made. Um, so at number 5 is Fate of the Furious you know Fate of the Furious was okay number 6 is Hobbs and Shaw (laughs) okay number 7 is Tokyo Drift yeah number 8 Los Bandoleros number 9 is Fast and Furious number 10 Fast 6 number 11 Furious 7 I don't remember these at this point I don't remember these films (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's like Fast and Furious. Got it. Too fast. Tokyo Drift. Got it. Fast Five. Yes. Fate it, of the Furious. Yes. It's kind of like I between between Fast Five and Fate of the Furious, which are just two movies. I don't remember them. Wait, yeah. wait, we, wait. It was like the Owen Shaw thing, or is that Fast Four? I who oh who can keep track? Who can keep track? I'm just saying I think Fast Six is the one where where Dom says you can't tell someone they love you, which was great. Yeah. Or was that Furious Seven? You know what? Fuck oh, it. Oh man. Alright, so number twelve is of course the TurboCharge Pete pre sequel. Because that is just I mean it is the worst thing. To ever come out besides number thirteen, Dead Last, Too Fast, Too Furious. Why does this film garbage exist, asshole? What was the name of the villain? I don't remember. I'm still waiting for him to come back because he said he would come back. I. It's not a good movie. You know, I think that Too Fast, Too Furious in my actual final list was like seventh place, but I still hate you. Yeah, well, whatever. Well, this is this has been a, a welcome respite. It's It's been a long time since we watched a Fast and Furious movie. And if uh, coronavirus is any indication, it might be a while yet before we watch another one. But this was nice. Right. You know, in lieu of Fast 9, which was supposed Han to come Lu. out. What? Oh. Hanlu? In Hanlu of <laughs> Talking about Fast 9, which was supposed to come out in spring of this year. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the concept of spring? The movie is done, John. That's the part that gets me. The movie is finished. It's just sitting on a shelf waiting to be viewed by us. And they're not letting us view it. The movie is complete. Unbelievable. Just put on Disney+. Plus. Put it on Disney Plus. I will pay thirty dollars to watch it right now. Genuinely, I would. I would because I would be happy to give Justin Lin and the rest of the crew my money. Oh, it's done. It's just sitting somewhere waiting for an executive to be like, "I think we can make the most money." Like, go get get off your stupid money wagon, you. Jerk. And give me my Fast 9. Sorry, my F9 colon the Fast Saga. Yes, we just give give me the Fast Saga. That's all that I want. All I want is for Dominic Toretto to be in a dire straits. And, and he turns his head and he locks eyes with Letty. And he, he says, Letty, we've really done it, haven't we? We've really become... F nine colon the fast saga, and then that means this tril- the the it's ended. Yeah, absolutely. Because once you've said the title of the movie in the movie during a cinematic universe, uh, it ends just like just like Marvel did. Yeah, the, at the end of Endgame, they said, "Truly, this is the Marvel's Avengers Endgame." Yeah, they said that. I remember Spider Man said it to a dead Tony Stark. Spoilers? Big spoilers. So uh, real quick before we get into the uh, the socials for this episode, just want to give a quick shout out to the cast of Better Luck Tomorrow. Of course, Sung Kong, Perry Shen, John Cho, Jason Tobin, Roger Fan, Karen Anna Chung, and Jerry Mathers, who played the biology teacher. Take it away, Henry that's right if you want to send us Shirley up, anderson played hot dog planet customer if you want to send us other uh movies from the early 2000s that aired on mtv or were produced by mtv hit us up on twitter at zcpcwhj on twitter.com and uh, what does that stand for john uh, nanette matoba played housewife That's right. And if you want to send us a longer diatribe about maybe you watched Better Luck Tomorrow and you have thoughts to share, please drop us an email to email at zerocredits.net and we will definitely read it and get back to you as a team. We're also on Spotify. Um, If you use the desktop version of Spotify, you can look for us by typing... Actually, they changed it. I think you can find us now by just typing in zero credit, open parenthesis, close parenthesis, and like scrolling down to the podcast section. You no longer have to click a podcast section. I checked this very recently, but I have forgotten because I am not a paid uh, hip. I don't pay for Spotify. I don't listen to music. I'm a cretin. Uh, We're also on Apple Podcasts. You can find us any old way by typing in that zero credits and you you will find us. Please leave us a rating and review. It is the best way, second best way to grow the podcast uh, because the more reviews and ratings we get, the more we are visible to the world. But the best way you can help us out is word of the mouth. That's the only way we can survive So while you're on your Zoom call with your family, just drop a line. Say, hey, zero credits. That's how I've been staying sane in this whole quarantine thing. And uh, keep doing that. Keep telling people. And and then we thank you. We we love that you do that. Thank you very much. We love and support you because you love and support us and because also all humans uh, are deserving of love. This is getting weird. John, take it away. That's right and a quick shout out if you want to watch better luck tomorrow you can do so without even signing up for an account at Tubi TV. that's tubi.tv. I got an ad when Virgil killed himself for a 23 and me for dogs I have an ad blocker so it didn't play an ad 23 and me for dogs find out what kind of blood your dog has it's also Freak with commercials on Crackle.com. Uh, so you've got two options to watch Better Luck tomorrow, Two 2B.tv or Crackle.com. Both run ads. Both run ads. And from everyone here, the Zero Credits podcast that no one has allowed to run ads, Zero Credits House, Two House, three Two Houses Studios, we want to wish you. A uh, happy week, and better luck tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, did you want to sync up the tomorrow? Okay. And okay. so you say better luck, and then we both say tomorrow at the same time. All right, all right, all right. And better luck tomorrow. Better luck tomorrow. <laughs> 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 what? Goodbye. Luck. G- Goodbye. G- g- better luck. Goodbye. Good. Better luck better better better, better, better tomorrow. luck hey, tomorrow Henry, Be- Henry, hey, john john Henry, john, john, Henry, john better luck tomorrow. better luck tomorrow bye bye no bye